0: The Lord, aren't you glad for the
1: goodness of God? How many have ever found it challenging to hear the promise of God, what the Lord has done for us, but that space between the reality of what is done in us? Come on, am I am I talking to anybody that's been through some, through some stuff? Amen you you got this promise, but you're like, Lord, I, I don't know. How, how do I get from where I'm at to where I need to be? It's anchoring ourselves in trusting in the living God and just believing what he said by his word. He says all things work together for good. they that love God and called according to his purpose. There's been a whole lot of stuff that has happened to us that wasn't for our good. But man, when we discover the love of God... The Lord puts purpose to it. You guys in the front row better watch out because I'm spewing long today. How many know we have victory in the Lord Jesus Christ? We have victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our prayer today is this. Lord, fill what is empty. Lord God, restore what is broken. Lord God, heal what is hurting right now. Lord, we come before you and Lord, we believe, Almighty oh God, what your word declares unto us. And Lord, we know that, Father, you're going to make the reality, Lord God, take place on the inside of us. Lord, to know, Father, that the promise we hold on to is bigger than the problem. That, Lord God, we believe today that, Lord God, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And, Lord, if you're not changing the circumstance, then, my God, you're making some changes in me. And, Lord, I just believe right now that, Lord God, we have already won because you won. We are already healed because of your stripes. And I'm asking today, God, that you would move and the hearts and the homes, and we want to glorify your holy name and everybody in agreement said amen, amen. okay why don't you give the lord a hand clap of praise and, and let's just believe amen god bless you i Father, we praise you in this house. Andrea preached a women's conference in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We got back last night. It's about 11 or 12 ladies that were in that conference that gave personal testimony. It's absolutely powerful to hear. events that took place. Women who were sold into sex trafficking. Those that had been bound on addiction one after the other. Y'all got up and my husband was dead from an overdose. One after the other. This one young lady gets up. She talks about the abuse that she suffered and the addiction she fell in. And how that she did not know how to cope because she didn't have God. To get some sort of relief, she would take razor blades and she would cut into herself. And she would put words that were so derogatory that because she didn't know how to deal with that pain. then she said, but Jesus. But Jesus came into my heart and saved me. She said, now, now, I don't walk in that shame anymore. She said, now, the Lord has etched in my heart who I am to be for him. But the statement she made that I want someone to hear today, she said, the only thing greater than shame is God's grace. Shame is a horrible thing. If you've ever fought with it, if you've ever wrestled with it, if you've ever spent any time with shame, shame is a a beast. It gets a hold of your heart because it doesn't separate the sin from the sinner. You identify yourself as shame. What rescues us from that cage is knowing that when we come into Christ, that's no longer who we are we belong to him and we are immersed in him and just like I started at the beginning of service we've got the promise but now the Lord is bringing us into the reality of that promise by us walking in faith in the Lord and if you're dealing with shame today I believe that the Lord is speaking to you right now to say to you that grace is greater than the shame that you face you're not going to have to live in this quote of darkness anymore would you lift your hands to the lord right now father in the name of the everlasting god in the name that is above every single name every lord god being in heaven on earth and below the earth lord they must bow to the name of the lord jesus christ and shame today is bowing before the name of the living god lord we seek your face today we seek your identity today lord we want to look into your face and see ourselves lord you're not the example for us you are the example of us and i pray today that you would infuse your grace god you're enabling power father in our hearts in jesus name seated today. I want you to lift up Danny Clayton. He was taken to the hospital last night. He's there now, and uh, he was having some difficulty with his heart. His, His enzymes are out of whack. I want you to pray for him. I want you to lift up Serena Helton today, and I know there's many others, but right now, if you've got a knee, just lift your hand before the Lord. Let's just take these knees. Father, in Jesus' holy name, Lord, we petition you, Lord God, for healing. Lord, I thank you, Father God, today that we are part of a community, Lord God, of believers that believe in you, and we believe in healing, Lord God, and we believe that the prayer of faith, Lord God, will save the sick, and Lord, we believe right now that you're, Lord, God, your souls, so oh Lord God. Lord, your healing virtue, your deliverance, Lord, is taking place, Father God. I, we look into Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer. And Lord, we just believe for Serena. We believe, Lord God, for Danny and Lord God for Linda and so many more. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you will reach down and touch them. And everybody in the house That amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. Praise God. I'm going to ask our ushers to go ahead and make their way down as we get ready to receive our morning tithe and offering. Aren't you excited to give to God? Amen? I mean, think about it, folks. We are privileged to be a part of what God's doing. Amen? How many know if you read a headline or two, you're going to get discouraged in the world? That the world is literally in trouble. And God has given us the answer. That's what I want to encourage those that are stepped off into jail ministry. In in Garland County, in Hot Springs, Arkansas, these ladies, one after the other, they said, you know what, there's an anointing in that jail. We are being set free by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so all of these horrific events are taking place around the world, and what does God give us the answer? He gives the church. You're the answer. Amen. (laughs) Amen so today as we give we give because we believe in what we are doing we believe in the kingdom amen up down no good good you can't hear me (laughs) let's everybody look at andrew all right Don, help me out there let's lift our hands father we thank you lord for the offering today we thank you lord jesus for the gift and the giver and lord we know it'll go to the furtherance of your kingdom in Jesus name we pray. Thank you Father God for your blessing. Amen. God bless you. To give today. Special day and a great honor I have today, as we going we are going to dedicate a beautiful baby to the Lord today. I'm going to ask the Jones family if you guys want to come, and whoever would like to join, please please join us today. good-looking man. Amen. (laughs) You guys come on over. We are here today. We're going to dedicate Manson Tyrae Jones. Did you know that Manson's root comes from a Scottish name that actually originated uh, from, derive from a uh, settlers of the Vikings, Magnus which comes from the Latin which means great and Tyre is a a, a Hebrew name and it means strength so this little man here his name means great strength isn't that good we're going to talk about it more in the service here in, in just a bit but we're talking about family matters but let me just remind you what Jeremiah 1 and 5 says before I formed you in the womb I knew you before you were born I sanctified, set you apart and I appointed I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations see before he was ever born God already knew him he he knows the plans that he has in place for this child as every child but we as parents, as we come, we're dedicating to the Lord because we're declaring that, Lord, we are dedicating ourselves to the purpose that you have for this child. And today, are you acknowledging the fact that you're going to nurture him in the things of the Lord so that God's purposes may come forth before these witnesses? Thank you. Also, we, we come today and we not only make a commitment as parents, We also need to be reminded that this child belongs to the Lord. just a minute, I'm going to give you a certificate. When they get the driving permit, you need to be reminded they belong to God. Dad, when you're training them how to drive a car, as many other things, you're going to need to have a firm grip on the altar. But the word of the Lord says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, shall not depart from it." The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 6, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign of On your hand and shall be on the frontlets between your eyes you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates trust in the Word of God lead your family according to what God says because he will enable us amen would you stand with us if you will as we dedicate this beautiful baby to the Lord thank God for this beautiful family put your hands this way father the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Lord we know that Lord God this child Lord God will never cease to exist Lord you brought him into this world you knew him before he was ever formed and Lord you know exactly the plans that you have in place for him I ask father God that you will bless his hands to your work bless his feet God to your path Lord let his shoulders only carry the burdens Lord God that you have assigned Let his mind be saturated with your thoughts, Lord God. And, Lord God, let his heart overflow with your joy, strength, and hope. Let him be a light and a witness, Lord God, for so many in need. I pray, Father, that you will bless this family, this mother, this father. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for them. And, Lord, we trust in you entirely in Jesus' name. And we dedicate him to you. And everybody said amen. Amen. So, praise God. Mom, I'm gonna give these to you. This is a certificate to note this day. And also um, his possibly his first Bible. Got his name in there. Hopefully that will become the most cherished possession that he has throughout his life. We'd like to give away these carnations. We have a red representing the strength of a father. We have the white representing the purity of, of a mother's love. We give carnations because carnations will hold their petals. Even unto death, you'll never let go. And I know you'll never let go of your children. And we get, do a mixture because even my wife and I were talking about the other day, how our children, there's so much of her in them and there's so much of me. And they're just a, a nice blend, a mix. And so this is for you today, just to enjoy. God bless you. Can you give this family? Thank you. Amen. I love dedicating babies. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want you to, if you will, thank your worship team today. Uh, also, a will praise report for the, for the youth, and they just wanted to say thank you for all your donations. They were re- able to raise over $2,200 for missions. Amen. For Speed the Light. And so I, there's a lot of work that goes into those yard sales. That's why we hate to do them. <laughs> Andrea kept asking me, are we going to have a yard sale, a yard sale? And all of a sudden, the youth decided they were going to have a yard sale. It's like, hey, let's get the stuff and go there uh, with it. So uh, thank you all for your donations, and uh, appreciate that. I want you to take your Bibles with me. We're going to go to a couple of places here. I want you to go to Jeremiah 7, Joshua 24, and then we're going to go to Hebrews 12. Jeremiah 7, Joshua 24 and Hebrews 12. Okay. Can you got folks in the back? Can y'all hear me? Okay. All right. Hear me okay? All right. Everything good up there? All right. I can't see you anyway, so I'm just guessing it's all good. All right. Today, we're going to continue, and this is kind of the second half of last week's message, because we didn't get as far into it as, as I thought we would. but. Today, as we continue on this, on this theme of family matters, how many know families matter? Amen? And I want to encourage you, um, uh, as I'll give more announcements here later, we're going we're gonna to keep going with this theme uh, through Father's Day, and I've got a very special guest coming that's going to help me preach. Uh, I'm going to preach the front half of the message. He's going to preach the second half of the message. But I've asked Jacob to come down and uh, to partner with me. And so we have, Jacob's my son, for those of you that don't know, but uh, he is, uh, uh, he's doing a great job, a youth pastor in Bowie, Texas, but I want to encourage you. Now, we celebrated our ladies uh, on Mother's Day. We're going to be celebrating fathers and men on Father's Day, okay? Yeah. I believe it's going to be encouragement to you, and uh, I, had to up the, I had to up the drawing prizes, so they're going to have some good prizes, all right? Uh, you come get a ticket. You could be the winner. So come on out. There's going to be breakfast that day. It's just going to be in a couple of weeks. Family matters. Let's go to the Lord once more. Father, I love you. Thank you, God, for your mercy and grace. I just ask, Lord God, that you would enable enable me, Lord God, to minister the truth of your word. And, Lord, let it penetrate our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we're, we're talking about, and we didn't get so f- all the way through it yesterday, it's going to be a little bit of a recap today, but let me just say to you today, I don't come to you as a resident expert on child rearing, okay? I just want to share with you some of the lessons I learned, also some of the things that I've gleaned, and what the Word of the Lord says. When I was a... Those of you that know me, you know my testimony, uh, you know that, that I came from a very dysfunctional home. Uh, father committed suicide when I was 14. I had a, My mother was manic-depressant bipolar. Uh, my, my stepfather was, was abusive in every possible way, every possible way, for eight, nine years of my childhood. And so I came from a very dysfunctional home. I, I tried to self-medicate. I've tried to overcome I thought you know success would be get out and get a career get a job you know I'll outlive all of that stuff but the problem was is I couldn't run from self and so I had I had to have God fix me so that I wouldn't continue to destroy things in my life so as a parent as a parent my heartfelt plea to the Lord was God don't let me screw up my kids Everybody ever prayed that prayer? God just helped me not to mess things up. And so I had to live desperately dependent upon the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, to lead me and to guide me. And so as we look here and we talk about family matters and we talk about discipline, I'm not presenting as a person who's never made mistakes in my, in my parenting, okay? Because we get we get the presentation and we look at that many times out on the level of perfection, thinking they've never had a day's trouble. Listen, you kids are kids, amen. And 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 like a friend of mine says, man, their their brains are mush until they get about twenty five. <laughs> you know, they, they got to have some training. Uh, they they don't know anything. They just my kids were no different than anybody else's kids. And 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 I trained them just to we let them be kids, amen. You're not just special because we're ministers of the gospel, but we're going to train you according to the word of God. Amen? So as we look here, I want you to look at Jeremiah 7, verse 17. Do you not see what they are doing in the cities of Judah in the streets of Jerusalem? This is the Lord speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. The children gather wood. The fathers kindle fire. The women knead the dough to make sacrificial cakes for the queen of heaven. And they pour out drink offerings to other gods in order to provoke me to anger see worship is a family affair and they were going and the kids were participating in what they were trained kids will mimic what is modeled before them but we stand on the belief it's like Joshua 24 and 15 but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But I love this. Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I told our kids growing up, I said, as for us in our house, we shall serve the Lord. But, oh, daddy, oh, daddy, I said, I don't care what, what they're doing. We are going to serve the Lord. <laughs> so. And if you missed last week, let me just put this nugget, this fuse inside of you today when it comes to parenting, and you're in the midst of a of a situation and you're not really knowing what you're going to do or how to handle a situation, whether it be disciplined or the words you speak to your children or or how you display yourself or what actions you are to take, you can anchor yourself. You can anchor yourself in this having a vision for your children's future having a vision we just dedicated a beautiful child who was born in February this child stepped into this world when moment of conception that child became an eternal being an eternal being and that child will never cease to exist just like you will never cease to exist we will exist somewhere throughout all of eternity and it is vital that we understand that as we parents are here in the room grandparents in the room there we are managing and stewarding eternities and it is so vitally important we were in worship last week and I failed to share as I was sitting over here it's one of those experiences with God It's one of those moments, one of those suddenlies where you just wasn't expecting God to say something, but he said something. You know what I'm talking about? And so I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord just swept over me. And he said, I am tired of the, of, the, of the destruction of children in my land. I am going to begin to draw families to myself. I'm going to begin to restore families. I'm going to reach out to the kids because I'm tired of what is taking place in the world today. And my heart began to break. So what I'm sharing with you is it's going to be very instructive probably different than what you're accustomed to because I'm more of an inspirational storytelling preacher. But I, I wanna give you some nuggets, some things, and a couple of people shared with me last week after the service, and I, I'm, I'm, I may give them credit or I may not, but anyway. <laughs> but having to know that, that it takes vision. Yes. Have a vision. See, I, I looked at my kids and I thought, you know, they're, they're going somewhere. And it's up to me to help guide them it's it's up to me to help nurture it's up to me to help not to try to live my childhood through them Uh, they're not they're not duplicates of me they have their own destiny their own call their own purpose the plans that God has and so even the older they got, even into adulthood, oh, I love the transition. I love the transition from, from, from each, each time. I miss when they were little. I think God gives us those grandbabies so we can enjoy, <laughs> enjoy them, you know what I'm saying? And the beautiful thing is like, hey, something, something's not right. Here, mama, take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, and I love the transition now because i raised my favorite people. I'd rather be around my kids than anybody else in the world. But see, I, I still, even as an adult, even as they are adults, I don't just I don't just throw my 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 opinions at them. I I, I wait for them to ask. And it's more of a, on a counsel basis, and I love that. Because if they've got an issue or a problem or something they're going through, or something they're dealing with, they'll, they'll call mom and dad. Hey, I need some wisdom. I need you to, what, how, what am I seeing this right? What, what do I say? It's a beautiful thing. You can raise your favorite people in all the world. And I believe that's what the Lord has intended for you and I. Let's get into the heart of what I want to talk about this morning. Is we are, we're talking about living life on purpose. And when we're living life on purpose, we, we've got to come to the place to know that children Need guidance They need instruction I know that And hear this Every child is different (laughs) Every child is different They have their own unique personality They have their own unique gift mix Not two of them or any two of them are the same They are all different And one Disciplinary action may work on one, may not work on the other one. You may have the one who just cannot tell a lie, and you may have one that just cannot tell the truth. Kids are kids. Now, let me say this as we start this. One thing that we, this is what the Lord taught us, don't compare one child to the other don't expense one child to the other don't say well if you would just behave like johnny any johnny's in the house i don't i'm going to use your name but please don't be offended just you got to act like johnny come on johnny's being good no deal with the child amen don't don't compare because you don't want to i mean we've had sibling rivalries from the start first two kids born they just we, we we had a we had trouble and it's and it's been in existence for for all of humanity and so let's don't let's don't compare one to the other and so I want you to look here in Hebrews and, and I'm, I'm gonna read some some scripture for you but this is out of the passion translation we're talking about living life on purpose and just some some benefits You want the good news or the bad news first? Okay, good. I was hoping you'd say that. Okay, let's look here in Hebrews 12. And it says in verse 5, And have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, My child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord. Or get depressed When he has to correct you, for the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Verse 7, fully embrace God's correction as part of your training for he is doing what any loving father does for his children. Or who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as, notice I want you to get this, as the validation of the authentic sonship. Validation of authentic sonship. If we have never once endured his correction, It only proves we are strangers and not sons. And isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers even though they corrected and disciplined us? Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life, notice this, life-giving discipline. Our parents corrected us for a short time of our childhood, as it seemed good to them. But God corrects us. (laughs) God corrects us throughout our lives. For what reason? For our own good, giving us an invitation to share his holiness. Now, all discipline seems to be painful at the time, yet later it will produce a transformation of character bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it Mm. now Clayton shared something with me you wanted the bad news first but see we're going to get into the benefits of discipline but I want to share I want to share what a statement he made and I asked him to clarify that and he sent me some things, and Clayton is a licensed professional counselor. He's also an ordained minister, and he's going to be sharing next week. So I want you to come and listen and to glean, because this is what he does every day. It is is relationship, relationship, and the 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 flaws in relationships and how God mends relationships. and And so, let me encourage you. It's just you need another you need another tool in your tool belt. You need another weapon in your arsenal. You need to have what God is trying to give you, but. He said, as I talked about discipline last week, he said, you know, it's not discipline that's the problem. It's undisciplined discipline. Undisciplined discipline. Yeah. And I said, well, explain that to me. And so he sent, sent me some things over. And see, a lot of folks come into the world, and because of experiences you've had, it's hard for you to receive discipline. In fact, you see authority figures as, as being your enemies because the authority figures in your life have have not valued the trust that should be there. And so what happens is 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 fear and intimidation and, and 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 rebellion rises up in us because we have a skewed view of authority. We have a skewed view of authority. because the handling of your formidable years was not a good handling. And, and, but some of you have and that's a great testimony and you carry forward and that's the intent and purpose is you carry forward in what God has taught you but I will say to you even though being raised in a dysfunctional home it did not excuse me to not pursue God and to raise my family in such a way that I would see fit would nurture them into a relationship with the Living God and the only way I could do that is I had to live the life before them because what I was saying wasn't near as important as what I was doing. And if I'm not doing it, I have a hard time saying it. <laughs> because it's not going to hold any validity in their life. So you ask for the bad first. I'm going to give it undisciplined, disciplined. It's when we discipline. And let me say, let me say this way. We'll all get sucked into the trap. Okay? We're all going to have moments where we didn't do something right with our kids punishment is going to be more severe than maybe it needs to be, or it's going to be unjust. We all fall into those traps, okay? Let's don't lump our whole life into this condemnation camp, okay? but i'm talking about a lifestyle living on purpose that you're walking through day to day and you are you are harnessing your emotions you are harnessing your behavior you're understanding that look we've got to, there's there's an issue here and i've got to correct it for their good but undisciplined discipline is having a, is is emotions are out of control i'm going to whip you because it makes me feel better Emotions are erratic and out of control. Mike Garcia shared with me after service last week that he and Carol, they have, they have fostered, was it 37 kids? Oh, I missed it by a long shot. 85 children they have fostered. Amen. That's a ministry of a lifetime. That's a legacy. Mike said, you know, these kids coming out of difficult homes and we had to set some parameters and I think it's a good parameter. He said, we would set up where, where we didn't punish in public. I would encourage you, do not punish in public, praise in public, punish in private. So they would punish in private, but it was if they acted up in public, they knew at a certain time of the day when you got home, it's happening. I used to get so aggravated with my sister because we would act up in public and it, it was spanking warranted. And we would get home, and I'm like, I'm scot-free. Mom's forgot all about it. And my sister was always like, Mom, what about that spanking? I was like, what are you talking about? I was free and clear. <laughs> what if you took just a moment? took a breath, backed up just a minute, composed yourself. Didn't have to, you, can, you, can, you can filter this any way that helps you. But what if instead of getting overly emotional in the moment, take just a moment, back up and address it when you have leveled yourself. Undisciplined, discipline, it is inconsistent discipline. Different each time, but discipline takes place. Undisciplined, discipline is more severe than needed. More severe than needed. I would take a whipping any time when I was a kid. I'm like, It'll, I'll get over it in a second, just put it to me, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'd rather take a beating any time, but don't ground me. <laughs> I don't want to stay in this house. So, my mom and my stepdad figured those things out. It was like whipping him, and my mother had this strict rule: you don't stop whipping instead so you start crying. And it took a long time, but eventually, I'd shed a tear just so she'd quit. But they would ground me over the stupidest things. You didn't wash the dishes; you're grounded for a week. I mean, I was in lockdown for so long. I thought, I got to get free. See, the the punishment was more, it was more severe than needed. Undisciplined discipline is done without a possibility of a teaching moment. Undisciplined discipline. Now, my kids, they probably didn't understand it at the time. But every time that I I had to discipline them, I didn't enjoy it any more than they enjoyed it. In fact, I hated it probably more than they hated it. But every time when it was over, I would, I would instruct them, do you understand why I'm doing this? I'm doing this, it's for your good. I'm doing this because this behavior, if it is allowed to continue, it's going to harm you. What was I doing? I was reinforcing vision. I was reinforcing vision. I want God's best for you, and until you surrender your heart in this situation to the Lord, it is my job to make sure that you're protected. And so I would, I would instruct them, I would say, before this even happens or even after it happened, after the, the discipline, I would say, I do this because I love you. And when it was over, more often than not it ended with an embrace like I still love you this doesn't change my love for you in fact this solidifies and so you have I would encourage you take a teaching moment if you do this you get that if you do this you get that and so they need to have a sense that your favor has lifted, but your love never changes. Your favor may lift off of them for that moment. They need to feel that. But you, you let them know that your love never changes for them. Amen? So take a teaching moment. Done without integrity. Hypocrisy. I correct, but I cannot be corrected. I'm disciplined, but I cannot be disciplined. I remember the first time that I went out as a young teenager. I hate to tell this about myself, but it was true. I go out, and uh, I was staying with my dad for a minute. I went out got in a car with a, a group of uh, uh, guys much older than me. I thank God that I got home that night, but we went out, and we just got whatever they put in front of me. I took in. I wasn't 13, 14 years old drinking, smoking, sick as the dog. I came in. I remember walking in the door and I was staying with my dad. I didn't go up there all that much, but I looked at them. It's still daylight outside. I don't know how, where I went or even how I got home. But I looked at them and I said, I'm going to bed. And I dove over the coffee table and hit the couch. Was out. The next day, my dad comes in and he's, he's wanting to he said, son, I was, gonna, I was gonna discipline you because I don't want you doing those things. I seen first beer I drank was with my dad. First joint I smoked was with my dad. First shot of whiskey I drank was with my dad. And he said, I can have a hard time disciplining you in areas that I've shown you how to do these things. See, there wasn't any integrity. So if you don't want your kids smoking dope, drinking beer, and going out with, with, with those that don't need to, then stop. <laughs> Just stop. If you don't want them to end up in a place that they don't need to end up, then stop the self-destructing behavior and start guiding them in such a way that's going to lead them to a path of righteousness. Amen? Because whatever little bit you allow, they're going to allow a lot because they're going to say, hey, if mama can do it, if daddy can do it, in a little measures, then it means the door is wide open for whatever it is that I want to do. You ask for the bad stuff first. I'm just giving it to you. Out of balance. Undisciplined discipline is being out of balance. Punishment does not, that does not match the offense. Too harsh for the minor offenses and too lenient on the major offenses. Amen. Sometimes kiddos have to endure the consequences to those actions. If you keep bailing them out of a jail every time they go to jail, then you are not disciplining, you're enabling if if you you come on, is this too tough? No. See, because if we if we don't if we don't train them, how are they going to know? If we don't do it in the right way, how are they going to know? Avoidance is the other. It is promising a spanking, promising punishment that never comes. You're getting a whipping. You're getting two weapons. If you don't stop it, you're gonna get another whipping. They go to bed to get up the next day, and they're like, "You know, whipping coming to me. <laughs> if you say it, go ahead and follow through with it, amen? Now gauge it, okay? I would take a paddle, and you can, you gotta choose the, the form of discipline, okay? I'd take the paddle and I, I would hit myself first before I ever got in there. Because I wanna make sure I don't leave a bunch of, you know, that, that it's not too extreme. That, that, it, that it gets the point across, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it's not an injury to the child. You understand? Know it's just say, okay, this consequences is pain. We don't want pain, right? <laughs> and I know some parents say, well, I'd never count. Let me tell you, I have a child that if I didn't count, we would do nothing but spank them all the time. I was an opponent to the parents that counted until I had that child that I had to count just so I could keep from one, two. (sighs) you're like three and four and five. Okay, get in here. (laughs) So the avoidance, if you say it, and there's been times where in the moment, I'm like, you're getting a spanking when you get home. When I got home, I didn't want to give him a spanking. I I did not want to give him a spanking. But I said it i got to follow through with it, and we did, and it was okay. Is this good stuff? Is this helping anybody? But see, what happens is the extremes of undisciplined discipline, that's when it gets into the areas of abuse, punishing to satisfy emotions, out-of-control emotions, and, 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 and what happens in those scenarios, out-of-control punishment, that leads, it leads to humiliation and shame of that child. Leads either to an inferiority in relating to others or a superiority in relating to others. And where did that come from? It comes from those out of control emotions. I can't. But see, the fruit of the spirit is self-control. So we we stay we stay in control. Now let's get on to the to the benefits. Are you are you ready for the benefits? The benefits of discipline. Now, I want you to notice something there that the author of Hebrews and some, some believe Paul wrote it, some believe Barnabas, but we know that the Holy Spirit inspired it. <clears throat> but what we see in there is that look, your parents discipline you for a short time in your life. It is in order to teach us as we hear our parents' voice and in a, in a good, godly discipline training for our health and benefit for the longevity of our life for the for the goodness the harnessing and nurturing them and, uh, and the vision God has and living as parents on purpose and uh, and just living life on purpose and, uh, and my kids I want them to have more than I had I want them to be more than I am I'm just going to guide them in the things of the Lord and so as we do that we're training them not just to hear our voice uh, but we are setting them up to hear the voice of God hear the voice of the Lord so that they understand that look there is a natural portrait of what a family should be and what a father should be and what a mother should be that is a reflection of how our Heavenly Father should be that's the way God has designed it so that we can train up a child in the way they should go and when they are old they will not depart now hear me today God can fix any problem. God can fix any person. But it comes with a willingness to surrender all to him. And you may have said, man, I am the direct result, or at least I am, I've got a lot of, a lot of weight sitting on me because I did not do the things that I should have done when I should have done them. But I'm saying to you, God can take those things and he can correct them if you will surrender to him. And when we stop serving our family and our children, uh, it starts. Just keep mo- Come on now. We got any children about last week? Oh, I didn't say it. All right. I'm going to com- confess my faults one to another and I might be healed. So we've been looking for a new fan. I found one in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I said came in, I said, Andrew, get in the car, we gotta go. I finally found a van you'd be for the church, not for ourselves, for the church. I said, Let's go. She said, Where are we going? I said, We're going to Baton Rouge. Let's go. So seven hours we drive down there. Woo. We get there and it's a junker. Lord, I should have asked you before I left. I should have asked you before I left. I said, let's do this. If you don't mind sleeping in the car, this is last Tuesday, I said, we're gonna drive back. We drove seven hours down there. 20 minutes to look at the van that was junker because those pictures were deceptive. <laughs> <laughs> Had to be there that day because four other buyers were lined up for it, blah, 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 We get in the car, I said, go to, let's eat supper and go to sleep, you go to sleep. I'll, and let's drive back, and we'll race the day like it never happened. There's a point in there somewhere. Let me see if I can find it. Her neck is sore. It's amazing how sore you can get just by driving. 14 hours in a car, that's just the way I was going to the bed. So if we get back at 2 a.m. in the morning. It's hard for me to stay awake at night. Anytime after 8.30, I'm like, just go to bed. But what helped me was not only her annoying car. I mean, I wouldn't even get close to the line. and It would say, don't you need a break? I'm like, shut up. I'm trying to get home. <laughs> and she would go to sleep, and, you know, we would drive along, and then all of a sudden, Drr, you know, the drrr, drrr. she wake up well you okay i said i'm what i'm good i'm good go to sleep go to sleep but see when i'm i'm living for god i don't walk around saying lord if i've done this or if i've done that i've done that before in my early walk with the lord but the lord told me early on he said if you're doing something wrong i'll tell you you don't have to guess you'll know but any time that i get off the road the holy spirit is the equivalent of that i'm like wait get back on why does he do that? Because he loves us. He loves us. He loves us enough to correct us, even when we think we're so right in the situation, so just in that situation as parents are, you did it, I know you did it, you can lie all you want to, but you're getting it. We've all been there and done that. But see, the Lord corrects us all of our life. And it's evidence of his faithful love. It was he who inspired Solomon to write he who spares the rod. You weren't here nice week, were you? I'm sorry, I set them up with that. It actually doesn't say that. There's not a scripture for that. It's just something we say. But what it, the, the, what it does say is that he who spares the rod, because I thought it said that too. And so, but you go look for it and it's not there. But what it does say is he who spares the rod does not correct the child, hates the His son. I thought, Lord, what is that? You you know what I'm saying? It's like that's harsh. See, what I believe the Lord would say to you is that He's the one that wrote that. But see, if you love that child enough, you will bring correction, but not only correction, you've got to love them more than you love yourself. By not just disciplining them because Disciplining them requires, I'm disciplining me, and I'm not trying to add to or take away from the scriptures, but if you love father, mother, sister, brother, if you love son or daughter, we can include in that, more than me, then you're not worthy of me. See, it's not that the Lord is wanting you to love them less. He's wanting you to love him more, and you will love them better. But see, in the hate hate part of that, it is to tell us that, look, we've got to love them enough to correct them, to bring that correction by not loving ourselves more than them. Is that fair? So benefits of discipline, it's evidence of his faithful love discipline to my children in a godly manner in a proper way is the faithfulness of my love for them I love them more than myself I love them so much that I'm going to train them in the things of God and I'm going to sacrifice whatever I need to sacrifice in order that my children may benefit from the benefits of God love them more than you love yourself now Notice also here, another benefit of discipline, the validation of authentic sonship. Validation of authentic sonship. How do I know that I belong to him? Because he corrects me. (laughs) See, if I'm uncorrectable, I'm undirectable. If God cannot correct me, he cannot direct me because I will just I will ignore the drrr and end up right off in the ditch. See, but if I listen to the drrr, then I know I got to get back on the road. And so anybody that comes in and you are not correctable, God can't direct you. And there's times where God uses laws, law, and he puts people in authority. And if you cannot come under authority, then you don't have authority, and you cannot be corrected, then God cannot direct you. Why do you believe we live in a world filled with rebellion? What do they call evil good and good evil? It's because they do not want you finding the direction of God because if you find the direction of God, you're going to find the identity and the sonship of Jesus Christ. You're going to find the power that lives on the inside of you and you're going to walk in an authority, an authority. You see, because you can't have authority unless you're under authority. You can't do It didn't work that way. God doesn't work around authority. He works through authority. I didn't create this, he created it. So it's validation of authentic sonship. Validation means this: it's the action of proving the validity of someone or something. So when God corrects me, see if I don't accept his correctness correction, then I'm I'm declaring I'm not his. I'm not his. I didn't say it, it's in the word. But if I come under that correction, and I'm okay with him correcting me. He didn't say I had to understand everything. It usually helps. In fact, if you have a house full of kids that are thinkers, you gotta explain why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> they're just different, <laughs> amen? They're just like, okay, we got this when we did that, and they just didn't take pat answers, and they still don't today. You've gotta, you have gotta, gotta show them. I mean, when they're little bitty, yeah, yeah, but the older they get, the more they, the, you, you've got to understand your children and, and their propensities and their personality, and, and, and it doesn't mean that they're going to agree with you. I tell my kids all the time, I'm, your mom and daddy, we, we're going to watch after you, and we're going to protect you. We're here for you, and we are more than your friends. We're your parents. <laughs> we're your parents. But see, validity, his correction tells me of my authentic sonship. Now, I'm not going to go around correcting your kids unless your kids are in immediate danger. I mean, if I see, if I see a child in immediate danger, obviously any res- responsible adult would help guide them out of that, out of that danger. Yes, yes. But see, even my, my grandbabies, I'm, I'm fun-loving pops, and I'm not here to correct you. I will if you keep pushing me. But nonetheless, you know what I'm saying? I defer to my children for them to make the corrections. That's right. That's right. And they may not do it just like I do it, but that's okay. They're their kids. And I'm not going to go around. Why am I not going to go around correcting your kids? Because your kids are not my kids. They're your kids. They, they belong to you. <laughs> Now, I'm going to give instructions according to the Word of God and understand what I'm saying. I, I, if they're in danger, I'm going to help them get out of danger. We understand that. We're logical, intelligent individuals. We're, we're operating on this, on this plane. But I'm not going to say, hey, Johnny, stop doing that. Johnny, you were good a while ago, but now we're putting you right back under the bus. Okay, Johnny, stop that. And, and take them out back with them. That's not going to happen. Not on my watch. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, because... When God corrects us, he declares to us the authenticity of his ownership over our life. And even his corrections are sweet, in my opinion. Even when God cares enough to say, look, get back on track. I'm like, Lord, you're still on my side. You're still helping me. And he's always after things that are I'm doing that are ultimately going to bring harm to me or harm to others. The way you speak about yourself, the way that, you, the way that your attitudes toward others, the, 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 the voices that tell you to quit and to give up and to throw in the towel and all those kinds of things that come flooding in, and all of that, that each one of us will face if we face the enemy. Because he'll try to bring those things up. But when you get to the place where you say, okay, God is correcting me, this is validation of authentic sonship. And what does it bring to a child when they are disciplined? in a godly manner it brings security it helps them to know that look somebody's looking out after me and sometimes there's a lot of there's a lot of teenagers today that are pushing the boundaries because they're looking for someone to tell them how far is too far how far is too far so that they can feel a sense of security now, we, we had ministry throughout the years, youth ministry, and our, our, one of our pastorates, and, and we would pick up kids, and we would pick them up by the droves, and, and, and we would stuff them in a van, and we'd bring them to church. And, and of course, you always get you know, kids that hadn't been in church. They don't know how to act in church. And so you, you understand that, and you kind of work with them. You kind of help them along the way. You're trying to train them in, in, as, as they are there in your youth group. Well, we had this one particular young man, and he just he just for the life of him, he just would not behave. So I, I told him, I said, his name wasn't Johnny, but Johnny, you you gotta stay home. You're not coming back for two weeks. And he said boy, he didn't have any discipline whatsoever. Came very troubled home. You know what happened the next week? He called me and he said, Pastor Mike, can I please come back to church? I promise to behave. I said, no, I said two weeks. No, I didn't. <laughs> I said, do we have an understanding? He said, absolutely. I said, come on. Come on. And that was the best-behaved kid for the rest of our uh, pastor there. Why? Because somebody told him where the boundaries were. And it brought him a sense of security. And youth group became his escape. It was an escape from the place that he was living in. And see, what does discipline bring? teaches our children to harness their emotions. Notice what the scripture says, and I am closing with this. Bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. Righteousness and peace. I wanted to live in a peaceful home. I wanted to enjoy my children. I came with some training. Never wanted them to question my love for them. Always wanted to be affirming and encouraging. Our language in our house was such that language we didn't heard from childhood, but we didn't want to hear in our house. And so we didn't, we didn't allow certain things. We didn't allow certain behaviors. We didn't allow jealousy between siblings. We didn't, we didn't fall into the trap of that's unfair. She and I, when we, we parented in, in agreement, if we had a disagreement over a discipline, we would take it behind, we would, we would take a huddle behind closed doors. What do you think? I don't know, what do you think? I think that was too harsh. Uh, okay, what do you think we ought to do? I think we ought to let up. All right. Okay, you put the punishment. Okay, uh, all right. Then, 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 then you go ahead and make the correction. Okay, all right. One, two, three, break. And we would back in there. <laughs> and our kids, is sweet and it's wonderful. And I'm so proud of my kids. I cannot tell you. You know, any anytime that you've been here, you know how much I love my kids. But I'm telling you, they could be stinkers. Well, mom said I could go. Huh. and I'd go I fell into that trap a time or two and then I'd go over to I'd go over to mom and she said say I didn't say anything about them going because they go to dad and say well mom said I could go and then go to mom and say well dad said I could go it's only half true because dad agreed that because of what you told me initially <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> they're, working this, they're working it all the time come here I'm going to whip you no but you hear what I'm saying. But see, we would, we would hold ourselves accountable and be in agreement. And if we had a disagreement, we stepped outside, stepped off the playing field, came to an agreement before we went back out there. And we kept our home in a place that we wanted and we desired because we had a vision for it. It wasn't fussing and fighting and not in front of the kids or outside of the kids. Why? Because we had a vision, Had a vision. God gave us that vision. But see, he never gives a vision. He doesn't empower that vision. There wasn't a, there were many times where I've reached up and said, God, I've got to have your help on this one. Lord, I don't know what to do about this. Lord, how do I present this way? and i promise you god is faithful and he would show us and he would lead us and he would guide us If we wanted to do the work on the earth on the the front end if you want to enjoy your kids when they get older train them while they're young can i just take one more step and then I, i promise i will come nearer close we not only brought our kids to church and we We taught them how to tithe. You know why? Because I don't wanna pay their bills all their life. I want them to be blessed. And if I don't teach them the principles of God's word, then I'm gonna leave them open-ended. We tithe so that to teach them that they tithe. If they got a dollar, they gave a dime. There would be times where missionaries would come through and they would raise money for, for Bibles, for fire Bibles to China. And I remember when Hannah was little, she came and she wasn't, what, what eight, nine years old. She, she raised money for, for fire Bibles to, to, to send to China. What, what were we teaching them? We're teaching them the principles of God's blessing as part of the training. And because I did not want them to, I wanted them to grow up and be responsible adults, but more than just responsible adults, I wanted them to be disciplined disciples of the living God to carry on for generations. And so I did not want them to live in a poverty mentality. I wanted them to be transformed, and so I taught them the principles of God's Word because I wanted them to know what it means to be blessed by God. Amen? Amen. I could go on for days, but I'm not going to. Worship team, if you will, make your way up. Make your way up. Folks, family matters. Family matters. We need to sow seeds today for the harvest we want to reap tomorrow. We want to sow seeds today or harvest we want to reach tomorrow. And maybe you're reaping a harvest from a field you sowed a long time ago. If you want a different harvest, you got to sow a different seed. Would you stand with me? If it's all right with you, and if you're physically able, because I believe it matters that much, I want us if we will to step out of our seat down for the balcony and I want to close out this service like we closed it last week. Praying for families. I-, I want everybody in the building that's able. If you're not able, if it's if it's if you're not able, I understand. afraid you're going to fall, don't, don't worry, you can stay right there with you but if you're, I want us to pray for our families today. I want us to pray for our families today. If it, uh, if it wouldn't bother you, I, I just, can we just lift our hands to the Lord and Just in surrender. Universal sign of worship, but also universal sign of surrender. We just pray today for our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids and every generation of all. When you pray, I would encourage you to pray for generations. Don't just pray for the generation alive on the earth today, pray for the generations that are ahead. Pray that God would bring a vision and and a source that will transform. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, we come before you and we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves before you right now. Lord, what we're asking for, Lord God, is for a generational blessing, Lord God. A generational blessing, Lord God, to pour out, Lord, through these families, Lord God. That our children, Lord God, and our children's children's children, and every generation to follow until your return, Lord, would have an overwhelming sense of the blessing of God. Lord, I pray for those that are struggling right now. Those that, Lord God, are facing circumstances, Lord, beyond their control. Those that are there, Lord God, at a crossroads, Lord, that they know their kids have been troubled, Lord God. And I just pray, Father, that you will draw them in, Lord, that they would understand that their prayers are stronger than the stronghold, Lord God. Let it be broken today, Lord God, and let them be set free like Peter when he came out of the prison. Father, I'm asking you, Lord God, today, Lord, put in our heart, God, a vision. Let the scales fall from our eyes that we may see clearly, Lord God, our purpose and your desire, Lord God, for our life and for our families, Lord. I'm asking in the name of the Lord. I'm asking in the name of the Lord, God, and, Lord, that you, Father God, would infuse identity, Lord God, into our children. And, Lord, that they would never question who they are. They would never question their sexuality. They would never question, Lord God, their validity. They would never question, Lord God, the, the love that you have for them. Lord, I'm asking in your holy name, Lord God. And, Lord, that there would be a, Lord, we've had an identity crisis, Lord God. Let us have, Lord God, And identity, Lord God, Lord, infusion in the hearts of the world today in the church. Lord, I'm asking God for mercy. Mercy, Lord God, and guidance. Lord, there are parents right now, Lord, they have made that pleaful cry to you. Lord God, help me not to mess my kids up. Show me, Lord God, how to lead them. Lord, not in guilt, not in shame, Lord God, not in regret, not in fear, Lord. But, Lord God, in surety and peace and righteousness and holiness, Lord God, Lord, I ask in your name for, Lord, your blessing and your covering, Lord God, over the families today. God, we ask it in your name. Lord, I pray that you will guide our thoughts, guide our hearts today. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you. Mamas, don't stop praying daddies, don't stop praying for your kids. Grandparents, don't give up on them yet. Don't give up on them yet. I had a report this week. This week. Two teenagers tragically lost their life in two separate incidents. Let's keep that song they sing. I am who he says I am. Amen. You feel better? Anybody feel worse? Thank you all once again for the donations to the youth and them raising money for missions. Also, we have a new outreach ministry. It's in room 103. If you'd like more information, Liz will meet you back there. It's called City Serve. Of course, she's already back there. But if you are interested in this area of ministry, just off the the. Yep. And Andrew's going to come and give us our
0: announcements. CityServe is um, its a great opportunity for us to meet any potential needs in our community. And what's going on with CityServe is we are given a, a bunch of different things, actually. It's uh, its from an organization that once Amazon, They, when things are returned to Amazon Warehouse, they don't send them back to their actual places. Amazon covers it, and it creates this large amount of unclaimed merchandise, and then Certain um, people such as CityServe can get those and they give them to churches. It could be anything from generators to refrigerators to something as small as a pair of shoes. Anything that you order off of Amazon is what could potentially be in here. Now the opportunity is this. What we are going to do, we want to be able to, this is how CityServe works. When you know someone that they have a particular, they may have a particular need, right? And then you're like, oh, you need a refrigerator or, or whatever, uh, a window unit for your home? Well, then I can get that for you because it's. I have this app on my phone of the, the things in the church that we have, and we have that, and I can give that to you. And all you've got to do in order to qualify the nonprofit status of CityServe is you just take a picture of the person getting it. It's not going to be published anywhere. It's not going to do anything. It just shows that this is actually that we aren't taking stuff and selling it on the black market and pocketing the money. Which would be a good idea but we can't do that. Just kidding. So that's how city serve works and Liz is going to give you more information because she was she was right there you just didn't see her and it's gonna it shows you how it works. So we're gonna go for this and we're gonna see how can we make an impact in our community through just giving and serving and doing good stuff. That's all the information I have.
1: Thank you thank you. so if you're interested if you'll lead them out, room 103. Uh, Empty Nest is going to meet Saturday at uh, the 10th at 5 p.m. And they're going to be over, sign up at the Information Center, reservations. They're going to be at Shenanigans in Greenville for Bowling and Fellowship. Sammy's Sisterhood is going to meet in the H- Adcock home on Sunday, June the 11th. And don't miss Father's Day breakfast. Uh, the ladies are preparing a, a great feast for the men. And bring your dads, bring your men out because we're going to be celebrating men. Jacob will be here helping me. God bless you. We love you. Appreciate you. Have a great